Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Charger Football Podcast hosted by Andy Dietrich with Coach Doug Dynan. And this week's special guest is senior wide receiver Camden Childers. The Charger Football Podcast is sponsored by OPS, Optimum Performance Sports, the official sports medicine provider for Carroll High School. Welcome to the seventh episode of the Charger Football Podcast for the 2018 season. My name is Andy Diedrich, and when I'm not watching a football game, I'm a curriculum instruction and technology integration coordinator for Northwest Allen County Schools. Later in the podcast, you'll hear from head coach Doug Dynan and senior wide receiver Camden Childers. I want to thank SummitCitySports.com for the use of their audio clips, and I especially want to thank our sponsor, Optimum Performance Sports, the official sports medicine provider for Carroll High School Athletics. OPS, rethink your limits. The Southside Archers visited the Dean Gorsuch Athletic Complex on the campus of Carroll High School to serve as our opponent for the 2018 homecoming football game. A strong northwest breeze prevented the traditional skydivers from delivering the game ball prior to kickoff but the winds did not prevent the post-game nor the in-game fireworks as the Chargers lit up the scoreboard with a 52-6 victory over the Archers. Aided by Southside turnovers and a passing game that was firing on all cylinders, Carroll scored on every first-half possession except the last one to take a 52-0 lead into halftime. On Carroll's opening drive, the Chargers scored on a Gavin vote to Camden Childers' 11-yard TD pass. Here's SummitCitySports.com's Jim Miso with the call. Two receivers on each side. Sailor, the long setback. Vote throws to the near side. It's caught. Childers into the end zone. Give that man six points. Touchdown, Carroll Chargers. 11 yards. Vote to Childers. That comes with 8.33 to go. In the first quarter. Following a south side punt, the Charger offense was again on the march and Vogt connected once more with Childers, this time for a 69-yard TD pass. Play action fake. Vogt's got time. Throws for Childers. He's got it at the 40. Childers to the 20. He is gone. 69 yards. Touchdown. Vogt to Childers. The second touchdown pass between those two guys tonight. First one from 11, this one from 69. Things would go from bad to worse for Southside as their second possession ended with a block punt by Jacob McCullough that gave the Chargers the football at the Archers' 14-yard line. High snap, Aquino brings it down and it's blocked. It's blocked. That ball is still loose in the 10-yard line, picked up by one of the archers, and he returns to the line of scrimmage, but obviously well short of the first down. And the Carroll Chargers will have the ball at the 14-yard line out of all that. At the archer 14-yard line. That comes with 4.57 to go in the first quarter. We are being told the punt was blocked by number 20, Jacob McCullough, sophomore, 5'8", 140 pounds. So the special teams coming through for Carroll and a very, very short field for the offense. The ensuing drive went nowhere and Carroll had to settle for a 31-yard Trevor Horton field goal that would have been good from 50 yards. 
The next Carroll possession ended with a pretty 11-yard TD pass from Vote to Nathan Hara to make the score 24-0. Vote rolling to his left, throwing at the goal line, into the end zone, get that man six points, touchdown! Nathan Hara with a touchdown reception, his fourth touchdown catch of the season. 12-yard touchdown. And the Chargers are taking care of business right now. They look very sharp in this opening quarter. The miscues would continue for Southside with a Ray Vollmer interception with 129 left in the first quarter. On third and 14, here's a pass intercepted. Picked off by Ray Vollmer. Ray Vollmer returns it to the eight-yard line. So Vollmer with a deflected pass and now a pick. There's the first turnover of the night. And Carroll has the ball at the eight. The resulting Charger drive would end with a four-yard Gavin Vogt TD run. And Vogt calls his own number on the quarterback draw, fights his way forward, right at the goal line. Give that man six points. Touchdown. Carroll Chargers, Gavin Vogt from three yards out with 33 seconds to go in the first quarter. They may run out of fireworks before the game's over the way Carroll's scoring. Southside's next play from scrimmage was another interception, this time thrown to Brandon Klug. Two plays later, Vogt would toss a 34-yard TD pass to Rhett Saylor to make the score 38-0. And Volt of the air, throws it short, it's caught by Saylor. Saylor with some speed, Saylor to the 20, Saylor to the 10, Saylor in the end zone! Give that man six points! A 34-yard pitch and catch! Touchdown Chargers! The next Southside drive would again last just a single play when defensive end Terrell Griffin recovered a fumble at the Archer 27-yard line and returned the ball inside the 10. Fumble on the handoff. Beanbags are down all over the place. Carroll has the football down to the five-yard line as the fumble was returned by number 17, Terrell Griffin. And that's how the first quarter comes to an end. The second quarter featured more Charger touchdowns with Vote running the ball in from the three and then tossing this week's OPS optimum performance of the game provided by SummitCitySports.com with a beautiful 24-yard TD pass to Leighton Mitchell to end the Carroll scoring for the evening. First down and 20 for the Chargers. Two receivers on each side. And Volt has time, wants it all, and it's Mitchell who has the touchdown catch! Get that man six points! Beautifully thrown ball by Gavin Volt, dropped it in the bucket over Leighton Mitchell's shoulder. And Mitchell has a 24-yard touchdown reception. The second half featured a lot of playing time for the second and third string players, and Southside was able to score in the fourth quarter on a 16-yard touchdown run to make the final tally 52-6. Because the first half turnovers gave Carroll multiple possessions on the Archer side of the field, the Chargers managed just 274 total yards. The Carroll defense was stout all night and held the Archers to just 68 yards gained. 
Quarterback Gavin Vogt was 11 of 17 for 206 yards and five TD passes. Add in his two touchdown runs, and Vogt accounted for all seven touchdowns. With being two-thirds of the way through the season, Vogt is the state's fourth-ranked passer with 1,483 yards passing with 18 touchdown passes and just five interceptions while maintaining a 62% completion percentage. Wide receiver Nathan Hara caught five balls for 61 yards and a touchdown. The state's fourth-ranked wide receiver Camden Childers had three catches for 76 yards and two touchdowns. Childers now has 717 receiving yards and has scored a team-best nine touchdowns. Later in the podcast, Childers will be our special player interview. Now let's hear from Charger head football coach Doug Dynan. Well, welcome, Coach Dynan. Very successful homecoming night, and now let's get ready for the Homestead Spartans. So let's first talk about our, our homecoming game. The homecoming game is always a tremendous atmosphere, you know, with, you know, the, the Skydivers unfortunately got canceled because of the wind, but, you know, the, the game itself, and, you know, they got the fireworks when the kids run through and on the run out and fireworks afterwards and you know, not to mention, you know, the game itself, but, uh, you know, a little bit of the takeaway from the, from the South side game is, you know, we offensively, you know, we capitalized on short field. We took the ball initially and scored and, you know, we were, we were effective and efficient. One of the big positives were, you know, the, the lack of turnovers. We had talked a lot about our efficiency in the red zone from previous weeks. We talked about taking care of the football and, you know, not not pressing, not throwing the ball into coverage, you know, speaking specifically with Gavin. And, and I think that he understood and, and played very well. You know, he'd only played, you know, about a quarter and a half, um, was very effective and efficient on the offensive side, throwing for five touchdowns and running for two defensively we we played very fast played effective and you know we capitalized on you know takeaways and, and got the ball back to the offense and so you know that was that's pretty much the the takeaway of the game you know we again we played a short field and we stuck it in the house and you know the game was over you know essentially pretty quick well the thing i noticed about gavin unlike the previous week against dwinger when you know he does a really good job of extending plays but in the red zone against dwinger he was extending plays, but he was still trying to hit the home run, and that led to the interceptions. But on three separate occasions, he extended the play last Friday night and didn't force the issue and literally threw it out of bounds or threw it into his wide receiver's feet. I thought that that was a huge improvement. I can tell you guys had worked on that in practice. Yeah, and you know, and, and a coach can stress something, you know, but if the if the player doesn't, you know, willingly embrace and understand and and look to improve, you know, then the, then the coaching is a moot point. And Gavin did a tremendous job of, of being receptive to that and understanding the necessity of that situation. And, you know, we've got a great kicker, you know, Trevor's a tremendous kicker. He's a tremendous weapon and, and he can kick a, you know, a 37 yard field goal at, at ease. And, you know, we want to always realize that, you know, if we can get that ball to the 20 yard line, we, we have confidence that, We've been only got three points on the board, and so you know, let's let's play hard until we get up to the twenty, and then you know, take care of the ball, and you know, as we talked about last week, you know, end the drive with kick. I think Gavin's finally realizing, and maybe he already knew that, and just the Dwinger game got got in the way of just the hype of it. But sometimes the most important throw in a drive is the one you threw away because you live to fight another day. 
And that happened uh, uh, several times throughout the week in practice too. And, and we celebrated it, you know, we high-fived and, and, you know, that, you know, it looks like, well, you know, why are, why are you happy about an incompletion? Well, the point is that we're, we're happy about the fact that he understood that, you know, there are situations within the game that, you know, you stop pressing, you stop extending plays, you throw it away, you live to play another down. And, and he did a tremendous job of that. And, you know, and I, I, again, his, his leadership, you know, his improvement, you know, his play at quarterback, you know, continually, continually gets better. And, you know, we're very pleased with where he's at. You know, one thing I've noticed about the program, well, probably over the last four years, is your staff and you are doing a really good job of molding quarterbacks. Each player, you know, you start with Chris Terry and then you, you go through Aiden Smith and, and your son, uh, Cody, and then you have uh, Jack Miguel and, you know, throw Chandler Boggs in there. Now Gavin Vote. All these guys, they play to a pretty high level. I mean, the, the ball's on time most of the time. They stand tall in the pocket. You guys do a great job at molding quarterbacks. What's your secret? Well, first of all, we've we've been blessed with with talent. You know, we've been blessed with guys that truly have a passion to to play that position. You know, but it, but it comes back to some some basic fundamental things that if you're coaching quarterbacks that that you have to understand. And and the first is that that their footwork is the most vital thing that they have to continually work on. If a kid is playing quarterback at the high school level, there, there's probably some arm strength, some arm slot ability, some throwing mechanics that they already have, and you've got to fine-tune those mechanics with the arm. But the majority of the coaching has to come with the feet. And so fundamentally, that's where I start with with all of our freshmen. You know, set the feet. The feet have to be in good position. The hips and the shoulders and the body posture have to be in good position. And, and mechanically, that's where it all begins. And then we start talking about the timing of each route, the timing of each play, the timing of each of each, and the progression of each route concept. And, and the quarterbacks embrace this, and then they're running the same system at the freshman level. Then we are at the varsity level. They're, they're watching, they're coaching each other, and, and, and they do a tremendous job. We've got great rapport great leadership within our group. And, you know, it, it's, it's a great position to coach. You know, I've been blessed, you know, since I joined the Snyder staff back in, you know, 1993, that to, to be able to have that ability to coach quarterbacks. And, you know, we've had some good guys. We have. And, you know, and I'm, I'm fortunate to be able to coach the guys that I've had, had that ability to coach. So I watched the freshman in the JV games, and your backup, Dylan Floyd, is solid. He throws a really catchable ball. And then the Becker kid at the freshman level, he could be really good. He's kind of a little bigger and stronger than his brother, so he can, but he can still run like a Becker. But he he also throws a very catchable ball that's on that's on time. You know, the quarterback pipeline at Carroll High School is just seems to get reloaded. Yeah, again, you know, we're we're blessed with the kids that we have, and and they're you know more than anything that they're they're coachable kids. You know, they're receptive to you know, doing things. And, you know, the beauty of that position also, even outside of, you know, the mechanics and throwing the football and having good feet and be able to run the ball and things like that is we ask a lot out of that guy, you know, to be a leader, you know, because they are the focal point of the offensive side, you know, every level, you're only as good as your quarterback. And so a lot of pressure goes into playing that position. 
you know, and as you talked about, we've, we've been blessed with guys. We really have, you know, but all of them, and you look back at all of them, all of them are good leaders. You know, all of them are high character guys, you know, all of them, you know, are concerned with their team. And, you know, one of the first guys that, that, that I coached, you know, you talked about Chris Terry, Chris Terry, you know, was a little guy when I came in the program and, and he worked hard in the weight room and developed arm strength and understood and probably through the deep fade ball as well as anybody that we've had. Yeah. But yeah, we're, we're excited about, you know, the quarterback position and the future of the quarterback position at Carroll. It's over the last two years that I've really felt that we've developed what you can consider a program where you start to reload players. So we've talked about our continually having great quarterbacks, but the quarterbacks have to have somebody to throw to. And we've had a great line of receiver. I mean, last year we had Justin Becker, who was just ridiculous with how fast he was. And, you know, Jack Miguel was very good at hitting him with the long ball. So he had like 1,200 yards of receiving, which is – I can't even fathom that number. But you, you talk about Skylar Pifo and um, some of those other really tall receivers that we've had in the past. And now we finally got another tall one with uh, Camden Childers, but he's not that 6'5 level of some of the ones we've had. He's 6'2". But you think of like how you've developed Nathan Hara and how Leighton Mitchell is developing into a solid receiver. And now you add Bowden Height. I mean, not only are we grooming quarterbacks, we're grooming wide receivers. So how are we doing that? Again, you know, we've got we've got players, you know, that are in the program that have ability. But, you know, a lot of it goes to, you know, the coaching those individuals. You know, Andy Papagiannis, who is our offensive coordinator, coaches the wide receivers. And, you know, he played wide receiver and quarterback at, at Carroll. And he played wide receiver at St. Francis. And, and he does a tremendous job of, of coaching those kids. And, you know, they all believe, they all believe that, you know, they're, they're prepared for their time when their time comes. And, you know, through the, through the lower levels, through the freshman and JV levels, you know, there, there are guys that, that we're going to, you know, stock the shelves with and that can go and run and can catch the ball. And there, there are some young guys that are playing JV this year. And there are some freshmen that you're going to say the same thing in a year or two. Uh, when we when we reload with those guys as well, uh, Camden's a special guy, you know. And those guys that are playing right now, Leighton and Nathan, they're special guys. And we had a good group of receivers, you know, a year ago. We had a good group of receivers, you know, two years ago when you had in Jordan Schmelling, and you know, three years ago when when you know we had the Becker and Schmelling and and Cody and and all those guys who were playing together, and and it just continually gets better and. You know, again, each of the kids in, in each position believe that they're well prepared and when their time comes that they're going to take advantage of those times. Our running backs, we've I never really noticed that we've had any big bruising running backs outside of the Tranquil brothers. So when Drew was in there, he was a bruising runner. And his brother Justin was a little bit faster and nimble, but could still, you know, put the hammer down and run you over. Mainly, we've had running backs kind of like uh, Jimmy Crumley, little scat back, and uh, uh, Rhett Saylor, who we have now. 
And so those kind of runners kind of fit our system really well because we're not necessarily always between the tackles, although this year we're running between the tackles really well. How are we going to get some bigger guys? <laughs> yeah, without question. I mean, we'd, we'd love to have some guys that would just want to bang it inside. But, you know, our, our offense is kind of a an, an off-tackle. You know, we're, we're almost a – although we, we utilize a lot of man-blocking schemes, but – you know, we, we have some zone principles to, to what we're doing, and the back has to be able to read a front side gap and then be able to cut back, you know, if that happens to be closed. And so, you know, their, their ability to be able to slide, to be able to have lateral quickness, to be able to be downhill quickly, you know, that's, that's, that's their guy. I mean, that's, that's normally typically who they are. You know, would we love to have a guy like Drew, who is 6'2 and 225, that we can hang it and just bang it through the A gap. You know, that that would be beautiful, you know, but, you know, it is what it is. And, and you know, I think consequently, you know, a lot of those guys that are, are running backs and receivers, they're track guys for us too. And and our track program is is very successful, you know, and we, and we happen to complement each other very well. We've got fast guys at, at running back and wide receiver and you know, and so consequently, you 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 scheme, you you set your offensive scheme and, and you know what you want to do based upon the personnel. You know, as opposed to the opposite of that. And there's a lot of coaches that try and mold their system or or mold their kids to a system where we will you know mold our system to the type of personnel and players that we have. Yeah, we seem to just – we always have some quick, nimble guy that we can put back there and um, and give those – they're not necessarily really big, but they're also really good at picking up blitzes. Uh, our running backs traditionally always do a good job with that, and, and that's pretty impressive. Even though they're little, they're pretty complete football players. And even though Rhett hasn't had any big, giant games recently, he's run it effectively. I just don't think we've handed him the ball enough because the passing game has been going so well. And I'm sure you're feeding what's ever hot at that time. Rhett, again, and you're talking about, you know, blocking. Rhett does a tremendous job. And I said this before, we're glad Rhett's back into the program. And, and he's a tremendous talent. You know, he caught a little pass into the flat and just essentially ran by everybody, you know, to score a touchdown on Friday night. You know, but... We work on, and Coach McGill works on the mechanics and the specifics, you know, of the running back position on a daily basis. And, and he is a tremendous coach, tremendous in regards to the, the details and the organization of, of his craft and his position group. We also run a, a live pass drill um, at least once a week, and it puts our running backs and our offensive line into worst-case scenarios in the passing game for 10, 15 minutes, however long we run that. And that meaning that we're going to see stunts, we're going to see twists, we're going to see blitzes, uh, we're going to see exits. We're going to look at every type of blitz that we can possibly get out of the defense. And we put our, our offense into that situation at least once a week. And then when we go into our team time, again, we have the scout defense, you know, give those looks and those blitzes and those stunts and those fronts, you know, so that, so that we are prepared and, you know, overall, you know, throughout the whole year, I've, I've been very pleased with our offensive line, their ability, you know, to block and picking up things and our running backs as well. And, 
and the quarterback, you know, the recognition of what he's seeing in front of him. You know, we're, we're, we're close to capitalizing every game. And, you know, Friday night we played a lot better and kind of put things together for that whole half. I don't think you can underestimate the importance of an offensive line. You know, we've played six games and not a single team has stopped us offensively. Offensively, we've been kind of been able to do what we want to. You know, if we feel that we have a good matchup on passing, we're going to throw it all over the field. If we feel we have a good matchup of running, we're going to run it on you. No team has stopped us offensively yet. And that's that should give you a lot of confidence going into the remainder of the the season. Andy, we talk about that all the time, you know, that, you know, that, you know, the games that we haven't been successful, you know, we have we have shot ourselves in the foot. And so you know, the positive spin on that is, is if we want to move the ball, if we want to be successful, if we want to be efficient, we're going to be efficient. You know, if we take care of the football, you know, we, we've got the weapons. We've got the weapons at receiver, at running back, at offensive line and a quarterback that, that bless us and be able to have that opportunity. You know, we've got, we've got three big games. I mean, without question, we've got three big games and, and we've got to continue to have that effectiveness on the offensive side, taking care of the football. And, you know, and, and if we do, you know, the, the chips will fall where they are and, you know, hopefully we're on the positive side of the scoreboard. Well, I think that's another perfect place to stop. When we get back from this message from our sponsor, OPS, we're going to hear from senior wide receiver Camden Childers. OPS, Optimum Performance Sports, is the official sports medicine provider of Carroll High School. From diagnosing, repairing, and rehabbing injuries to pushing yourself to the limit on the playing field by utilizing cutting-edge training programs, Optimum Performance Sports is proud to be a partner with Charger Athletics and the Carroll community. For more information, visit www.optimumperformancesports.com. OPS, rethink your limits. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to introduce senior wide receiver Camden Childers. If you've been listening to the podcast over the last few weeks, his name has come up a bunch during the, uh, the recap. Uh, he's made a number of key catches. Uh, he's one of the top wide receivers in the state of Indiana. And he has scored nine touchdowns, which is a team best. So, Camden, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Camden is uh, also one of my favorite players because when Camden was in middle school, uh, I had the pleasure of being his basketball coach in our youth league program. And so Camden and I, like a lot of the players in the senior class, we go back a few years. And so uh, when I saw Camden in the hallways earlier this year, I was like, what? He's back? And how awesome is that? So Camden, how does it feel to be a Carroll Charger again? Uh, it feels really good, you know, just coming back to a lot of people that I know because I've known them since freshman year, and like they were all supportive to me coming back, and we just all like bonded and gotten closer since. Well, we remember you playing at Lures the last two years, and there's a few plays where you put the hurt on us. So we're we're glad that you're back with us, and you get to put the hurt on the other guys. Yeah, definitely. Our first game of the year was against your former team, Bishop Lures. How did that feel like to be on the other side wearing a silver helmet? Uh, it was different, you know, looking over the other 50, 50 yard line and seeing the other team. I was just like, oh, like it's it's real, you know. I'm I'm officially a Carroll Charger, you know, first game, and I didn't really I didn't really mind it during the game. I just stayed focused. I didn't talk anything, no no talk, no trash talk. Is Played my game and we we lost, but um, we we all played hard. 
Yeah, I'll definitely agree with that. That was the Mud Bowl game, and, yeah. and that was a tight game. Could have went either way. And how how much fun was it to play in the mud? I mean, it was it was kind of fun, but then it was kind of like annoying because our feet kept on getting stuck in the ground. So it was just like you can't run your fastest, you can't look your best. Well, I will say, uh, and we talked about this on that week's show, is the wide receivers did a great job of keeping their footing and running the routes on that night. I mean, it was a mud bog. So you guys should be commended upon that. Yeah. So in week two, we had our first ever victory over the Snyder Panthers, and it wasn't raining, and the offense played fantastic. And you had your first 100-plus yard receiving night. So what was it like to beat the Panthers? It felt really good. Like, it was the first time in a while for our program and the first time for me personally since like freshman year. So it felt really good to beat them. I mean, we all played our hearts. You know, it was, it was a good emotional battle for us just to go out there and play offense and defense all stick together. So week three, we play Northside and we're coming off that high of beating Snyder. And the worry was that we would have a letdown and that certainly didn't happen. And you had a huge breakout game with, I believe, 10, 11 catches, and 253 yards in reception. So what a breakout game for you. And that kind of set you as one of the top receivers in our league. Yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a fun game. You know, it wouldn't have been possible without my old lineman really giving Gavin a huge amount of time and Gavin doing an awesome job of just throwing the ball, throwing it confidently, and just doing everything he can make himself look good and make me look good. So I just, I help him out. Now the next week we play Northrop and we lose for the first time in a long time to Northrop. But on the second play of the game, you had one of the best catches I've personally seen. You were wide open running down the middle on a post and Gavin leads you a little bit too far. And right around the Northrop 45 yard line, you dive and you literally catch that ball when you are horizontal. Just an amazing catch. How do you do that? I mean, I was running. I seen it like coming down. I was like, ah, I don't know if I can get this. And then like I dove. Like sometimes you just dive like to make it look like you're trying to get it. But I dove and it was just right there in my hands. And I just grabbed it and just tried to secure it. It, it was an unbelievable catch. I mean, if it's not on the highlight reel as the play of the year, then you we must do something super special somewhere down the future. Uh, the following week, played Bishop Dwinger. Great game. Offensively played fantastic. Just unfortunately, we had some turnovers in the red zone, but we were right there with them. Even though the final score was 34-14, to 14, that game was much, much closer than people think. And you, again, had another 100-yard-plus game and another touchdown. So... You've played for Bishop Lures, and you know what it's like to play the other Bishop. Um, how disappointing was that loss to Dwinger? You know, we really wanted to come out with a win. We kind of have like a little rivalry with them. So, I mean, we played our hearts out. We just had a couple turnovers because we started the game off real, real well, real solid. Defense was holding up. Defense got the stops. Offense was stalling a little. So, I mean, that stuff's going to happen. But what matters for us is how we how we bounce back from that like we did against Southside. So every week it's just a learning experience. You know, that is so true about athletics. I mean, every game is different. You just never know what's going yeah. to happen. 
last week's game against Southside, uh, you only had 76 yards of receiving, which is below your average, but you only caught three balls and two of them went for touchdowns. How are you become such a touchdown machine? And in fact, the 69-yard catch that you had against Southside, once you got behind the receivers, it's almost like you went into another gear with speed and you just ran away from people. So what have you done to work on your speed? Because I remember when you were in middle school and playing basketball, you were still pretty athletic, but you weren't this fast. So what's happened to you? I mean, for me, it's just what I what we do outside of the um, season. So like the summer with OPS and Dr. Russell, just getting us all fast, like our fast, fast twitch muscles, working on our stamina and stuff. So it's it's really about the preparation, not really what happens during it's about the preparation how you prepare well i've noticed that and not only are you are faster but your wide receiver compatriots like Leighton is faster mm-hmm. nathan harrow is much faster bodie height can run and i think a hidden weapon that we have is the tight end i mean he can run too yeah, yeah with us i mean Coach Poppy really emphasizes on us being fast, being um, up-tempo, so it helps having fast guys, and we all are in shape enough to, you know, keep going no huddle and keep, during the play, like, keep on going fast, so it's just, it's all about what we've been taught. I don't think people understand how quick we are, and fast guys get open. I mean, tight end Bransfield, you know, we don't throw to our tight ends very much, but at least once or twice a game, we spread the field and then we hit him on a seam route and he's always running away from a linebacker and that play almost always goes for for 20 some yards. And so our receiving core has a ton of weapons and then you throw Rhett Saylor in there with his speed and he can catch it out of the backfield. This is a pretty potent passing game that we got. Gavin Vote can really extend the plays. He has good mechanics with his feet work and he has his shoulder square to the target. And it's not very often that ball is not very catchable for you guys. So how much fun is it to have a quarterback like that, knowing that when you're open, you're going to have a great chance of getting the ball? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's really nice. We uh, we just strive on getting open and that's we're going to we're going to get open regardless. So we just trust that Gavin's going to trust us to get open. So we trust him. to throw. Well, Camden, with you being back at Carroll, uh, you were in the program as a freshman and you also went through our, our middle schools. And now being back as a senior, you're probably getting exposed again to all the leadership stuff that the program instills. Because not only are we really want you to be the best football player you can be, but the most important thing is we want you to become an excellent young man. And so give us a sense of what it's like to to walk away from that, but then to come back to it. And, then, you know, do you, do you have a new sense of appreciation of what the program's trying to do with you yeah when I was a, a freshman you know I would I'd say I was a little immature you know playing football you know thinking I was like hot stuff or whatever wanting to dress and stuff and I just seen like like the leadership when I was a freshman like the Aiden Smiths the Cody Dinans and you know I left the program they came back and it just it puts me in a whole different level like I'm not that immature little boy anymore I'm you know I'm d- developing it to a a young adult. So I just, I want to have a good impact on the younger guys, like those guys that I have on me. It seems to me like your, your teammates have accepted you at open arms and, and granted you've known these kids for a long time, but to, to leave a team and then come back, it's almost like you, you may have to rebuild your friendship. Did you run into any of that? Uh, actually, no, I didn't because when I left, I, 
I stayed in touch with a lot of the guys through like other other sports like outside of school and stuff. So like I I mean I I kept close with them. That's a testament to these kids to kind of let you back at open arms, yeah, isn't it? You're two thirds of the way through your senior football season and believe it or not, your senior year is going to just blow by and pretty soon it'll be June and you're going to be graduating. So what are your plans after graduation? I mean, after graduation, I want to play uh, football at the college level. I mean, I'm not really sure where yet, but I'm just trying to get as many offers right now and see like which school has the best values, like the best things that they can offer for me. If you had to pick any school to go to, what would be your dream school to go to and play football? I mean, the, the dream school is Ohio State, so I'm I'm working to that. I mean, I'm not going to try to settle for less, but I'm just I'm going to work as hard as I can. Well, you know me, I bleed scarlet and gray. So if a former yeah. player and student of mine was ever to become a Buckeye, that would be a dream come true. But I've seen you play this year, and I don't care what level of football you get to go play at. Whatever team gets you is going to be lucky because they're going to get a solid football player, a great teammate, and a good student. Camden, it's awesome to have you back in the program. It's great seeing you in the hallways, and I can't wait to watch you play football the rest of this season. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. OPS, Optimum Performance Sports, is the official sports medicine provider of Carroll High School. From diagnosing, repairing, and rehabbing injuries to pushing yourself to the limit on the playing field by utilizing cutting-edge training programs, Optimum Performance Sports is proud to be a partner with Charger Athletics and the Carroll community. For more information, visit www.optimumperformancesports.com. OPS, rethink your limits. For this final segment, we're going to talk about our version of the Ohio State versus the Team Up North game. This coming Friday, Carol's going to take on Homestead, our friends to the Southwest, and we're going to be at their stadium. And it's it's our version of our rivalry game. It gives us some bragging rights because a lot of the families that live in Southwest Allen County Schools also have friends and relatives in Northwest Allen County Schools. So it's a very fun, very friendly rivalry. And Coach... I know this week your kids are going to have a nice focus. I'm sure when you're looking at the film over the weekend, there was an increased focus. So tell us what this Homestead uh, Carroll game means to you and the players. Well, first of all, rivals and rivalries, I should say, are, are, are healthy. You know, as long as, you know, we keep things in perspective, you know, as long as, you know, we maintain the respect for the opposition and for the individuals that are involved. And that, that's the most important thing. Homestead is, is a good football team. Um, Chad Zolman, you know, has been there, you know, for several years and has, you know, over over 120 wins, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, he's he's been there for a while and he's he's done tremendous things at at Homestead. I mean, and he's coached within Fort Wayne for for several years outside of being the head coach at at Homestead. And the respect that we have for for himself and the program and his staff you know, cannot be, you know, expressed enough. I mean, Chad, Chad's a tremendous guy, a tremendous family guy. We talk a lot. You know, I, I won't say that we share ideas because, you know, obviously we're rivals and we're competitors, but we talk more about cultural things. We talk about off-season programs. We talk about weight room. Um, we, we share a lot of ideas. Now, you know, like I said, obviously we don't sit down and and X and O and, and look at schemes versus each other. Um, 
you know, that's a, that's a small portion of the game, but you know, they've got a good staff and, you know, offensively, you know, they've got, they've got a good team. Uh, Bill Skelton is their offensive coordinator and I, you know, know Bill very, very well and had the fortune to coach with Bill Skelton in the North South All-Star game a few years ago when Blake Yeager was also on that team with us. And, you know, I got to know Billy a lot more than I already did. And, and I have great respect for, you know, him as a person, him as a family man, and, you know, as well as, you know, his ability to, to call offensive plays and, and the understanding of offensive scheme. But, uh, they're a good football team. I mean, without question, you talk about, you know, the the ability that they have on the offensive side. Uh, they're, they're kind of squishing between two quarterbacks and Archibald and Goody and then number seven. And I think is Archibald and probably gets probably the majority of the snaps. But, you know, both of them throw it well. Both of them run it well. And, you know, they've got good receivers, too. You know, probably probably one of their, their best receivers is number 89, you know, Travion Taylor you know, a senior and uh, they've always have a great understanding of the pass game. Their timing, the pass game is always you know, tremendous and, and they present things that, that are always a problem. And that problem is that they can run it, you know, with a quarterback or a running back, you know, or they can throw it. And so again, you know, for us to be successful, we've got to be able to defend both sides. You know, you talk about the friendliness between the two staffs, and I think the best example of that was earlier this season when we had a week of heavy, heavy rain, and we were going to have a freshman game and a JV game played at our stadium, plus there was going to be a varsity game that week, and Homestead was kind enough to let us play both the JV and the freshman game on their artificial turf surface. So basically, they let us use their facility. And I thought that was great. And that, you know, we are rivals, but the two school systems are friends and we work very closely together. And so hats off to them. I, I enjoy this game a lot because it is a rivalry game, but it's it's a friendly rivalry that's that's hard hitting. The kids play hard, but there's no animosity. Well, without there. question, Andy. And it, and it and it goes back. I mean, you know, you know, without question, you know, Carol and Homestead have been playing each other for, for numerous, numerous years. And, you know, without question, you know, it's a fact that, that Homestead had our number for, for several years. And, you know, we had the fortune, you know, to, to have some wins and, and to make it a more of a realistic rivalry. But, you know, go back to us being in the NHC, you know, Northeast Hoosier Conference together and, you know, going through the, the same tumultuous time through that conference, you know, to where, you know, we were both, you know, looking together, were we going to be an independent, were we going to join another conference, you know, what was, you know, the future of, of the conference situation going to be for both of our programs. And, and honestly, you know, between, you know, the athletic directors and, Coach Zolman, myself, Coach Beasley, and the basketball coaches, you know, we kind of made an understanding that we were going to make a decision together. You know, we wanted to be together. Homestead and Carroll, you know, deserve to continually play each other and, and be competitive with each other. And it's not just in football. I mean, the, the same competitiveness is seen on the basketball court you know, on, on the baseball field and, you know, soccer and you, you name it. You know, there's that same feel that it's, it's different when it's, you know, the Homestead Rivalry Week. And, you know, I think the SAC a couple of years ago, you know, 
did a tremendous service to the to the conference when they created you know this this rivalry week and they matched everybody up in this week seven situation and you know fortunately you know we're matched up with Homestead and, and you know it makes it exciting you know it's something to look forward to you know but at the same time it's not right at the end of the year you know where potentially we would have to play you know play Homestead and turn around and then play them again you know, in sectional one. So, you know, the timing of it is very good. You know, it's a great week and it's easy for the kids and the coaches to be up and ready to go. Yeah. Uh, many times within the, the athletics between both schools, it's almost like if we could have a an agreement where we play all of the football games in Homestead stadiums, yet all of the basketball games in our gym, that would be almost perfect until someday we can get a new stadium. You know, that let's, would be awesome. let's keep talking about getting that new stadium so people hear it. Andy. We're two-thirds of the way through the season, and you've got three big games coming up, and then we've got the bye week, and then there's going to be tournament time. So can you kind of assess your team, where you feel they're at after six games? First of all, it's it's, and I think that this is not just my philosophy. You know, it's probably uh, an Indiana football, you know, philosophy and feeling that, you know, you are looking to get better and to be playing your best football. You know, when you get to that first game of the sectional, which you know happens to be after a bye week, so we kind of refer to it as week eleven. But you know, that's that's an Indiana thing. You know, if if you're playing football in Ohio and the high schools in Ohio you've got to qualify for the playoffs. And so if you lose three games in the regular season, you might be done. You might not have enough computer points to qualify for the playoffs in Ohio. That's not the scenario in Indiana with everybody being into the tournament. And and that's a great thing because you can continually improve. You continually get better. Your focus is very, very pointed that when sectional time comes, that's when we need to be playing the best football so that we can extend our season and have the opportunity to win and play for championships. Assessing our team, you know, and I think, and we'll look at both sides of the ball. You know, I think offensively, you know, we can be explosive. You know, we've got players in positions at receiver, quarterback, running back, and the offensive line that's doing a tremendous job that if we take care of the football, you know, if we have efficiency in the pass game, that we can put points on the board. And that's going to continue continually be our focus that we have to be efficient and we have to we have to score we got to take care of the ball in the red zone and we're, we're seeing improvement we're seeing understanding with those things we're seeing the development of our offensive line you know we're continually seeing receivers you know make big plays defensively you know it's, it's real simple you know we got to play physical up front we've got to create turnovers you know we've got to play fast we've got to play with a sense of urgency you know, we went through a time where we had, you know, guys being sick, guys being injured, you know, guys being out, having to shift guys around a little bit. You know, fortunately, I think that, that we're, we're almost through that. We, we pretty much have everybody healthy. You know, Hunter Mertz will be coming back for us here in a, in a couple of weeks. You know, we hope for playoff time. And that pushes just about at, at full strength again. And, you know, again, our focus on the defensive side is, to, to one, have an understanding of your position, you know, play your position the best that you can, fly to the football, create turnover, turnovers, you know, and, and be a physical team that plays with a lot of enthusiasm and excitement. And, and we are seeing improvement, you know. So as you go throughout the whole season, you know, with these positive improvements, you know, you feel like you've got a chance that if, if you play right and you, and you play 
with with enthusiasm and physicality and take care of the football, then you've got chances in the playoff to win. I'm really looking forward to these next three weeks. Love the Homestead game. Concordia's program has greatly improved. I mean, they got a, a recent state championship. Um, that was a good game against them last year. And then we're going to end up with Wayne, who has really improved. They're 4-1, and one, and uh, they've got a, a future Ohio State player with Craig Young. And then we get the bye week, and then it's tournament time, and we have a very good sectional with uh, Homestead, Northrop, Warsaw, and Snyder. And so it's going to be a good five weeks of football, and hopefully it gets extended into six weeks of football and seven weeks of football. Coach? Enjoy talking with you again. Great game on Friday. Uh, Have a great week of practice, and let's go get those Spartans next Friday night. Thanks very much, Andy. We would like to thank our athletic trainers, Steve Lubihusen, Michaela Hoffman, and Jordan Redding, who along with OPS and the doctors of Fort Wayne Orthopedics provide all the sports medicine services for Northwest Allen County Schools. Go where the Chargers go.